Let's stand and sing hymn number 77. wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord, to be in fellowship with one another and to be in fellowship with God. We're grateful for you here and uh, we welcome you. We welcome our guests, especially today. You are very important to us and we're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together today. Uh, today is the first Sunday of Advent and it's a very important time of the year as we begin the process of preparing our hearts uh, for the coming of the Messiah, of the Christ, the King, and uh, for, for pre- preparing ourselves for his birth and for him ushering the kingdom of God into our world. So we're glad to, uh, to be a part of this wonderful time of the year. Uh, speaking of Advent, there are a couple of things I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would uh, take that and to fill it out, uh, put your name and address and check the appropriate box on there. And, and especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, we, we send that out every week on Thursday. Uh, please put your e- email address on there and we'd be glad to put you on our list for that. Uh, speaking of Advent, though, we are uh, continuing our celebration of Advent on Wednesday nights as well. Uh, St. Paul Episcopal Church will be joining us this Wednesday night and every Wednesday night leading up until Advent. 
and uh, we will be sharing a meal together on on a regular time at a regular time uh, on Wednesday nights, and then we'll be sharing a Bible study together as we uh, we look at some uh, some scripture from Isaiah leading up to the the birth of Christ. So we'll be happy to have that uh, that time together, that time of fellowship with one another. And study together as we celebrate Advent together. Uh, also, uh, Chris asked me to announce uh, that the personnel committee will meet very briefly right after the worship service, basically to plan a meeting, to plan a time to meet. So, uh, personnel committee, just find Chris and gather around him, and uh, and you'll have a very brief meeting to plan a time to meet a little bit later on. Uh, one other thing that uh, I know that is large on everyone's mind here today and that is all of that stuff over there all of these cans and things like this we've had this holiday challenge we've had this holiday challenge going on all month uh the men versus the women we've been bringing food items uh for christian outreach and this week uh, we we were given the challenge to bring canned meat products, canned tuna, canned hams, canned spam, Vienna sausage, anything like that. Uh, and so you have risen to the challenge and look at all that we have here. And so, are you ready? Now, this is for, this is a competition between the men and the women. And the prize is that the winners will benefit from a Valentine's dinner cooked and served by the losers. Are you ready for this? Okay. Are these the right figures? Because because last week I was given the wrong figures. I must say that last week I announced that the men won last week's contest, and that was what was written on the piece of paper. So I did not lie, but I just want to make sure are these are the right figures. She says, shaking her head sadly. The cutoff is today. I mean, like when I announced this is the cutoff. Uh, canned meats. Today, the women have provided 597? No. Is that right? No. 597 uh, uh, canned meat products today? Okay. 597 canned meat products for today. The men have provided 682 canned meat products for today. So the men win this this round, and the grand totals, the women have 999 products total. Oh, wait a minute, though. Just in case we were behind and needed a little leg up. But the men's grand total is, let me, you know, let me see if I can figure this out here. 
Adding this here, I think it is 1,100 total. 1,062 and add 48 to that. Isn't that 1,100? That's 1,100 even. Or, no, 1,110, is that right? 1,110. 1,110. So men... Great job, guys. But, but look at this. The grand total is... About 2,000, is that right? About 2,000 items that we will be contributing, that we have contributed, contributed or will be contributing to Christian outreach. So they're the real winners without, with this. So, huh? Uh, yeah, and we like steak. <laughs> Thank you everybody for participating in this. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a great competition, and uh, it's been for a wonderful cause. So thank you so much for participating in this. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Children, you can come forward for the children's moment as, as we are greeting each other. Come on down, children, for the children's moment. look sleepy today. Did you eat too much on Thanksgiving? No, I did. That's pretty much every day for me, but Thanksgiving is just a little bit more special. So I wanted to talk to you all this morning about Thanksgiving and the holiday that's coming up. What holiday is coming up? Ho, ho holiday? Christmas. This is a special time of year because what does Thanksgiving and Christmas both mean? What do we do a lot of on Thanksgiving and Christmas besides eat? We do a lot of giving. And I think we do a lot of getting too, don't we? What do we get on Christmas? Presents. Presents, right? And on Thanksgiving, we do a lot of giving and we do a lot of getting. So I wanted to talk to you guys this morning about two special words. One of the words comes from Thanksgiving. What do you think they are? Very good, Jake. The two words I want to talk to you about are the two words, thank you. Have you ever told somebody thank you or have you ever had somebody tell you thank you? You have? Well, good. I want to talk to you about those two words this morning because I feel like those two words are very, very important words for us to learn how to give to other people. 
Those two words can make a very special day for somebody if you just take the time to tell those people thank you every day that make a difference for you. Maybe a school teacher, it may be your mommy or your daddy, or maybe even your sister and brother. I'm not sure about that one, but several times this weekend I've heard the word thank you come up. One of those times was in a scripture that I read. And another time was when I was attending um, Mr. Spaulding's funeral yesterday. And I thought, um, I was listening to Mary Rice speak yesterday, and she told us several reasons why we gather together to say goodbye to somebody who we love. One of those reasons was to give thanksgiving. And I thought, that's really kind of neat. Because we should look at it that way. We should be thankful for the time that we have with those people that we love. So several times this weekend, that that word has come up. Thank you and thanksgiving. So that's why I wanted to talk to you about that today. But the scripture that I read, I'm going to read to you. It's real short. It's Philippians 4, 6. And it says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The first time I read that, the word anxious stuck out. But the second time I read it, the word thanksgiving stuck out to me. And what I think that means is that God wants us to tell him, thank you. He wants to know that we know and that we understand that he loves us and that he takes care of us and that we want to tell him thank you for that. So he says, with all your requests, with all your wants, with all your problems, bring all those to me. But he says, bring them to me with thanksgiving. I think that's kind of neat. And if you bring those to him with thanksgiving, I think that's when he gives back to you. So he wants to know that you love him, and he wants to know that you think about him, and he wants to know that uh, you love him. So So I think it's important that we tell God thank you every day, and that you take the time every day to tell somebody thank you. Okay? Now... I have, we're going to try something here, and I'm hoping this works out okay. I got my youth over here to help me out, but I do have something for you. I know you're wondering that. I'll tell you what. Um, I didn't bring you candy. I figured you probably had enough good stuff this week. But I brought some little, I don't know what y'all call these little bracelets, but I see them on everybody. So I brought y'all little bracelets. They're little symbols that may remind you every day. I thought maybe if you had something to wear, that would remind you every day to tell somebody thank you. Okay? All right. So I'm going to let two of them hand these out to you. But this is what I really need you to listen to because this is going to be a little tricky. I have little cards with scriptures on them, and I have just enough for everybody in the church to get one. And do you know why we're going to give them these cards? 
because we're going to say thank you to everybody in the church for what they do to help this church stay here to give us a nice place to worship because everybody has a special part in that. Okay? So when you hand this card to somebody, I want you to tell them thank you. Okay? All right. So what I'm going to do is really quickly, I'm going to let them help you. So I'm going to have you all take just a couple of kids here. I'll give you a pack. These have 20 cards in them. Take a spot and do it quick. Okay? But, hold on just a second, I'm sorry. But we do want to have a prayer. We want to have a prayer this morning together, and we'll do that right now, to tell God thank you for Thanksgiving. Thank you for Christmas. And what does Christmas mean? We're thanking him for sending his son Jesus. That's what we're thanking him for, okay? So we're just going to take a minute to thank him, all right? So why don't you, can you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? We're just going to tell God we thank you so much for this beautiful day that we have today. We thank you so much for this church that we have to come to. We thank you so much for all the people in this church and what they mean and what this church stands for. We thank you for this holiday season, and we ask that you help us to keep um, our love for you alive in those holidays and that we don't get caught up in all the hustle and bustle of everything and that we just extend your love to everybody around us. In your name we pray, amen. Okay. So here, I'll give you 20 y'all pack, and let me give you all your bracelet. You're welcome. Thank you for saying thank you. Yes, I know I've got yeah, I've got one. No, everybody just gets one. Okay, you go with him. You go with him. Okay, here's another pack. Just take them. Just take them.
As Mark and I discussed on the way to church this morning, we did find a, a way to get rid of those leftover hot dogs from upward. Maybe that'll be a good thing, Valentine's meal. <laughs> tube steak. That's right. Y'all want steak? Tube steak it will be. <laughs> if you will, uh, open your Bible with me or follow along um, on the monitor, and uh, I'll be reading from the second chapter of Isaiah, verses 1 through 5. This is what Isaiah's son, Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and settle disputes for many people. They will beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Dear God, we gather today as a church, as a group of people who in our hearts need to know ways to show your love. May we be open with our ears and with our souls to gather in what you have to say to us today so that we can take this out and use it as planting seeds of, of kindness and seeds of forgiveness and seeds of love um, where we no longer have to argue over what we think is ours. We also ask that you uh, bless this church family as we mourn the loss of a dear friend. Be with his family. Be with each of us who have been touched by his life. Thank you for those who uh, have worked so diligently on a project that has been fun. Because your work can, is fun. It's not all hard labor. The benefit has been fun for us and a reward for those who we can help. Bless us as we go throughout your service today. Be with us as the week comes to meet us. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
being the presence of Christ serving a world in need. Please pray with me. Lord, let us take a breath, refocus, and rededicate our lives to you today. Let us be your hands that feed the hungry and lift up the lowly. Let us be your feet that travel to help those in need. Let us be your light that shines for those in darkness. Let us be your tears that mourn with those who have lost loved ones. Let us be your heart that reaches out to those who do not know you, to those that feel that all is lost. Give us eyes to see, Lord, words to comfort, hands to hold, and hearts to love. Give us strength, give us courage, give us vision. Let us be the presence of Christ, serving a world in need. Let those not only be words, Lord, let that be our lives that we dedicate to you. In your name we pray. Amen.
The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Today we remember the prophets of old who demanded to be heard, who dared to speak of a child to come, unexpected liberator of the people, vulnerable incarnation of the holiest of holies, a new name up for God. Today we give thanks for the prophets among us who bring to us surprising new visions of hope, who challenge us to think outside the box, to show us a future we never anticipated. On this first Sunday of Advent, we light this candle as a symbol of the prophets who renew our faith and remind us of what may be. the first Sunday of Advent, a time of preparation, and I think we have begun it well. Um, Dr. Rob Boyd tells about a man whose name was Charlie Stink. As you can imagine, people constantly made fun of Charlie Stink because of his name. And so his friends encouraged Charlie Stink to have his name changed. He finally agreed to do that, and so he went to the courthouse to take care of the legal requirements to have his name formally changed. And the next day, his friends asked him, what did you change your name to? And Charlie Stink replied, I changed my name to George Stink, but for the life of me, I can't see what difference it'll make. Well, I believe old Charlie Stink missed the point of having his name changed. And in the same way, people often miss the point when it comes to Advent and to Christmas. For some people, this time of year is simply an opportunity to throw parties and exchange gifts. They see it as as simply an opportunity to eat, drink, and be merry. For merchants, it's an opportunity to make a profit after a lackluster year of sales. For consumers, it's a period of of dread as we contemplate the crowded stores and the crowded calendars. But, But all of this misses the point of Advent and Christmas. Because, my friends, Advent and Christmas are about the coming of light and love. Little Joey asked his mother one Christmas, Mom, why do people put lights on their houses? And she replied, they are celebrating Jesus' birthday. And so Joey asked, when is Jesus' birthday? And his mother replied, he was born on Christmas. And so Joey exclaimed, Jesus was born on Christmas? What a coincidence. Well, Joey is the reason that we have all those little signs that say Jesus is the reason for the season. And of course, it's true. He is the reason for the season. 
He brought light and love into the world. And and because of his coming, we have fellowship with God. Now, to help us get the the real point of the Advent season, I want us I want us to take us back about 750 years before Christ to the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah was both a prophet of judgment and a prophet of hope. And over the next four weeks, we're going to deal with some of Isaiah's most memorable writings concerning the coming of Messiah. What it will mean for the world when the Messiah comes. But we will also remind ourselves that the manger of Bethlehem was only the beginning of Messianic history. For you see, the kingdom of God came into the world with the birth of Jesus But the fulfillment of that kingdom will only come about when the love of Christ reigns within the hearts of every person all over the earth. So you see, Advent is really a a twofold celebration. It's a celebration of the birth of the Prince of Peace. And it's also the celebration of of the coming age when, when the peace and the love and the joy of Christ will dwell within every heart. But for today, our emphasis is on the light of Christmas. In today's lesson, Isaiah writes, He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, O house of Jacob, Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Isaiah was saying that when Messiah comes, he will usher in a world of peace and light. Next week, we're going to deal with peace. Today, we want to talk about light. If there's any one theme that is appropriate, I believe, for this time of the year, I think it would have to be the theme of light. How many of you have already gotten your Christmas lights on your Christmas trees? Some of you done that? Yeah, some of you have done that. A lot of people do that on Thanksgiving or, or maybe just after Thanksgiving. How many of you will light up the entire inside of your house and outside of your house? Many of us will. And a few people will go hog wild when it comes to, to Christmas lights. You've seen these. They will, they will literally strain every utility plant for miles around with their addiction to brightening up their houses. And that's all right. That's okay. As long as we understand what Isaiah means when he said, let us walk in the light of the Lord. No doubt you recall what happened on August the 5th of this year. A cave-in occurred at the San Jose Copper Mine near Copiapo, Chile. Thirty-three miners were trapped nearly three miles from the entrance to the mine and, and nearly a half a mile below the surface of the earth. All 33 of these men were trapped in an area about the size of a large living room. The first 17 days, they were desperate and starving with no word from the outside world. Some of them became so depressed that they were, they were crying like babies and refused to move from where they were, refused to get up. Finally, a borehole was drilled that, that put them in contact with rescuers on the surface. And, and through this borehole, 
Food and water and medical supplies and communication could be exchanged. But you can imagine the, the psychological toll that this, this took on these miners. There was no privacy. And any time you get people together for extended periods of time, even in the best of circumstances, they begin to get on each other's nerves. So you can imagine the, the restraint it required to maintain some sense of, of peace under these circumstances. And indeed, it was not always maintained. There were arguments, sometimes even fist fights. Each of them suffered terribly down there. Every one of them required or had dental problems, and some of them required uh, immediate dental surgery when they got to the surface. One of them had pneumonia. These miners survived a record of 69 days underground in these terrible, terrible conditions. But then on October the 13th, rescue efforts began in which one by one, the miners enclosed themselves in a small capsule and began their 15-minute ascent to the surface and to safety. One miner declared, we were swallowed into the bowels of hell, but we have been reborn. How eagerly these, these cave dwellers awaited being able to leave the darkness to once again walk in the light. When Isaiah writes in chapter 9, verse 2, the people walking in, dark, in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. When he writes these, he, this, he is describing that kind of anticipation about seeing the light which will come when Messiah arrives. One writer said that if you really want to appreciate the contrast between darkness and light, all you have to do is to view a nighttime satellite image of North Korea and South Korea. South Korea is bathed in light with its cities gleaming in the blackness, while North Korea, still primitive in many ways, is dark. But it's more than just the lack of visible light that makes North Korea a place of darkness. For you see, the, the North Korean government is one of the most repressive governments on all the earth. Radio and television sets are hardwired to receive only government propaganda. In 2004, the government banned all cell phones. North Koreans still have no access to the Internet, even today. But there's another significant contrast between these two countries because, you see, the North Korean country is officially atheist. While the South has known Christian influence for over a 100 years now. In fact, one of the largest Christian churches in all the world is in South Korea. My friends, darkness is a very strong symbol for sin and estrangement. Bruce Larson tells about driving along a highway years ago in the middle of the night and 
As he was driving along, he took a piece of candy and unwrapped it. And, and finding that his ashtray in his car was full, he absentmindedly opened his window and threw the paper outside onto the ground. He suddenly realized what he had done. And, and he also realized that he would have never done anything like, like that in the daylight. Somehow the darkness encouraged him to, to litter, which is something that he deplores. He says there seems to be something about light that reminds us of our responsibility to other people and helps us to do the responsible thing. And then he says people who do not live in fellowship with others live in perpetual darkness and continually do things of which they are ashamed. But people who live in a fellowship where they know and are known. They live in the light. And they are encouraged to be and to do those things of which they can be proud. So you see, darkness is a symbol of sin and estrangement. But light represents grace and love. In 1973, Margaret Craven wrote a book titled, I Heard the Owl Call My Name. It's a book where the central character, Mark Bryan, is a young priest who only has three years left to live. And his doctor and his bishop have not told him of his prognosis. But the bishop sends Mark off to a, a remote Native American village called Kingcom. He believes that in this small community, Mark will be able to find enough of the meaning of life so that when the time comes, he will be ready to die. Well, in one particular scene in this book, it is his first Christmas Eve in that village. Mark is in the church and everything is ready. He's alone in the church waiting in the silence with the, the candlelight shining on the statue that, that stands in the front of the church, a statue of Jesus holding a little lamb. The young priest walks slowly down the center aisle, not wanting to open the door until the very last minute for fear of losing the precious heat. He walks to the window and he looks outside. The snow lays thick on the ground. He, he sees the lights of the houses across the way going out one by one. And, and the lanterns begin to flicker as they, the members of his congregation come slowly along the path to his church. How many times had the people of his parish traveled this path? He wondered. He goes on. He goes to the door. And he opens it. And then he steps out into the soft white night. For the first time, he feels that he knows the people making their way to his church. And he, he feels a deep sense of commitment to them. And when the first of the tribe reaches the steps, he holds out his hand to greet them by name. In this story, Craven captures the meaning of this season of the year. The darkness of winter. The faithful villagers lighting their lanterns and walking to the church where light will flood every heart and they will be united in the love of the baby of Bethlehem. That's the picture of Advent. There it is. Darkness is a strong symbol of sin and estrangement, but light is an even stronger symbol of grace and love. And what it means 
To walk in the light of the Lord is to live in fellowship with God and to live in fellowship with one another. That's what we need to see today. Walking in, in the light of Christ is a summons to community, to be together. It's a summons to peace. We live in such a contentious world, don't we? Sometimes even our most treasured traditions are a source of, of conflict. I was amused to read in the, in, um, that in Fort Collins, Colorado, a civic task force recommended that all the red and green lights be banned from the city's holiday display. And the reason why is because they thought the red and green lights were too religious. It shouldn't be a part of the civic celebration. Well, later on, cooler heads prevailed and the lights were allowed to stay. But but honestly, and, and see if you agree with me here, I, I kind of doubt that most of us would, would even think of Christmas lights as being too religious. I mean, especially when we see them adorning the homes of people who verge on, the, on being outright, outright pagans. But it reminds us of how potent a symbol light can be. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. That's what John tells us in his prologue to his gospel. And that's true. Light is more powerful than darkness. Love is more powerful than hatred. Faith is more powerful than fear. And when Messiah comes, he ushers in a kingdom in which we shall walk in the light of the Lord. The month of December is one of the darkest months of the year. And so when we put up our Christmas lights, we are affirming that the darkness will never overcome the light of God. We are affirming those positive values of peace and justice and love and hope. But most of all, we are affirming the presence of God in our world. And as people of the light... You and I, it is our job to make sure that the light of Christ shines ever so brightly into this world of darkness. That's what our job is. And how do we do that? We do that by continually walking in the light ourselves. We do that by living a life of integrity and in love. There's a story that's been circulating on the on the web a, a while about a church Christmas pageant. The day of the presentation, the day it finally arrived, there was a young girl named Jana who was excited about her part in the Christmas pageant. She told her parents that 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 or, or her parents thought that she must be one of the main characters. She was so excited about it. Even though she didn't tell them exactly what her role in the pageant would be, uh, she, they thought it must be one of the one of the big three, you know. And so the parents of all the children were all there, and and one by one the children took their places on the stage. Janice's parents could see the the shepherds fidgeting in one corner of the stage, and Mary and Joseph stood solemnly behind the manger. In the back were the three wise men. They were waiting impatiently. But still little Jana sat quietly and, and confidently. She didn't get up. And, and then the teacher began her narration. 
A long time ago, Mary and Joseph had a baby and they named him Jesus, she said. And when Jesus was born, a, a bright star appeared over the stable. Well, at that cue, Jana got up from her chair, picked up a large tinfoil star and walked behind Mary and Joseph and held it up high for everyone to see. When the teacher told about the shepherds coming to, to see the baby, the, the three young shepherds came forward where, and Jana jiggled the star up and down to show them where to come. When the wise men responded to their cue, she went forward a little towards them to meet them and to lead the way. Her face was as bright as the real star must have been many years ago. Well, the play ended and they had refreshments. And, and then on the way home, Jana said with great satisfaction, I had the main part. And her mom said, you did? Wondering why she thought that. She said, yes, because I showed everybody how to find Jesus. Well, folks, ultimately, that's what it means to walk in the light. It is to show the world how to find Jesus. It is to live our lives in such a way that people will see in us, not just at this time of the year, but year round, the love of that baby in Bethlehem. That's our part in this pageant of life. And it is the main part. To show the world how to find Jesus. And so as we begin this season of Advent and Christmas, it is my prayer that each and every one of us will truly walk in the light of the Lord. And I pray that that light may be absorbed by all of our lives. And shine the way. So that others may find Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response. How I love you. And there may be someone here today who needs to respond to the love of Christ, to the light of Christ in your heart. There may be someone who has never made a commitment to following the ways of Jesus. And today is the day for that. I hope and pray that, that you will find the love of God in your heart. That you will see the light of Christ that Christ has come to bring. And that we will truly walk in the light of the Lord. If you've never made that commitment today, I hope you'll do it. Or perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with us and be a part of us officially as a member of our church. Or maybe you just need a time of prayer. We invite you to do that. Come as we sing together. How I love you.
Eternal and holy God, we do praise you and we honor you as we gather each week in the name of your Son, Jesus. In this season of the year, we sense your nearness in the songs that we sing and in the words that we hear. And now as we leave one another, we pray that your light and your peace will radiate all about us and within us as we seek to serve you wherever we are. Amen.